from being calculated and I'm trying to be smart. Yes. Where I'm like, look, if you want to achieve extraordinary things, you have to do the unordinary. Hello, guys, and welcome back to No Fucking Idea Podcast, a place to collectively collectively share what our fuck-ups have taught us so far, what we don't know yet, and what we're still trying to figure out. Today, I'd like to introduce my guest, Lucy McMullen, all the way from Ireland. Lucy is a full-time content creator, brand manager, and event organizer. She's been making videos since she was 12 years old and is now the CEO of the Only Just Media Summit, an annual social media conference that happens in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Her events usually attract between three to 500 fantastic minds, including international speakers. Along her journey so far, she's worked with and met some amazing people, including, but not limited to, Gary Vaynerchuk himself, Sheryl Sandberg, Absolute Goals. And Prince William. Believe it or not, Lucy and I have never actually met, but have continued to grow our friendship over the years through both biz and personal like-minded conversations. So please welcome to the show, Lucy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is absolutely Thank you so much brilliant. for the intro. Yeah, opposite sides of the world and... Look at us making it happen. This is fantastic. It's just crazy. I mean, first off, my my first question to you, Liz, is tell us a little bit more what originally got you into content creating and where you are now. Oh gosh, what originally started me is actually a very cringe-worthy story. So when I was about twelve years old, um, I started. I was I was big into singing growing up. Like, love writing songs, love singing. Um, always like was big on karaoke night like loved that and um when I saw in about 2012 a couple of people started posting like covers on YouTube of them singing and I followed this one guy called Kid Roll who then turned out to be Justin Bieber so I was like a huge Justin Bieber fan and he obviously blew up through YouTube so I was like oh my goodness I want to do the same thing I want to make singing videos on on YouTube so First video I ever uploaded was me singing Be A Be by Justin Bieber. Mm. Um, and it was filmed on this like ridiculous, crappy camcorder that probably cost about 20 pounds from the shop, but like was no good. And then I continued doing that. So I got a Mac um, and I would produce singing videos like pretty much four or five times a week on my MacBook. Um, but then I got really bullied for the singing videos. So I ended up just cracking one day and took all of them down. And then um, I eventually taught myself how to edit, produced music videos, um, and then just fell in love with like general YouTube stuff. So, I mean, it all really happened by accident just because I love singing. And obviously like my content has developed a lot since then. and I'm not singing anymore on YouTube. Um, maybe we'll do that sometime, but <laughs> we're now. Um, it's just a lot of vlog stuff with friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continuously changing the style. So mm. yeah. that's, that's incredible. Do you think that you said you got, you know, when you're producing all of this stuff that you really loved and you got quite mm-hmm. bullied, bullied for it and ended up taking it all down. Do you yeah. find that was something that actually, you know, ended up driving you? Yes. Um, it definitely, it drives me now a hundred percent because I want to be better for my younger self, mm. if that makes sense. And I don't want any young girl to feel the way that I felt. So it's a big driver in terms of 
I want to be successful for my younger self and to show my younger self or anyone that went through the similar or same thing that I did that you know if you keep powering on you will become successful and more successful than than those people like if I was to go out now to a bar in my town for example all those people that I went to school with who would bully me would come up to me and be like oh my goodness Lucy let's get a photo together like you're doing so well and and uh, that's not me boasting but that's just genuinely like pure grit and determination that's got me to that point now it's like those people that would have hated on me years ago now they try be a part of it if that makes sense yeah Yeah. and and then you know there's two there's two quotes that come to my mind with that where you don't eat with people you haven't starved with do you know what i mean so people that haven't been there since, since the start and and then also on and I used to carry this around with me all the time on your final day on earth, the person you became will meet the person you could have become. And yeah. I just feel like that's definitely something that, you know, you're trying to, you know, carry for yourself to be like, I, I am going to be successful purely because you said that I couldn't be. Exactly. And I think for me as well, like I always wrote down, um, like my goals from a very young age like it was something like I journaled like every day when I was younger just like naturally no one told me to do it it was just something I always wanted to do and I have those go- those goals still in a notebook and I want to achieve them because it- it's what I set out to do when I was extremely young do you know what I mean yeah so it's not necessarily that I'm doing it just send a middle finger up to those people that hated on me but it is just like I genuinely just love what I do mm. and I do want to be as successful as I can be and, and leave some sort of impact. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And what I really like about you too, Lucy, is how much you love the pursuit of getting to those goals. Like you've got those goals as one day I'd really like to, you know, tick these off because they're my big overarching places where I want to be. But along the way, I've got all of these little goals to tick off in the interim um, on my way to that. And you just love everything about it. And it just oozes through your work as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> literal. Uh, I, I just feel like so many people can relate to that. Like, you know, when you've yeah. got a brilliant mind, it's not always understood when you're growing up and you do feel like you're on the outer. So to be able mm-hmm. to turn that back and be like, no, I'm actually going to use this for my for my own good which is how all the best stories start I think yeah yeah I think so I just love it so (laughs) um you know how uh so well you've done incredible video content for you know a lot of brands you know you've been in team Gary V um you've worked with um so I wasn't actually officially on team Gary V I like worked alongside and like produced like random bits of content, but I right. was never on a contract and I was never paid. So I'll just right. disclose that. <laughs> just, to, just to provide some context behind the Gary, the Gary Vader chuck. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone's like, wait, did you, did you work in New York? And I was like, no, like I was in the offices a couple of times, but like I never worked for him. And I, I was with him in Poland, but that was through another company. And it's all like, just, yeah. But I was alongside him for a couple of, of good things and produced like some fun content. But I was yeah. never, never on the team and never paid. Never yeah. team Gary Veeves <laughs> yeah. officially. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like there's so much content going on, you know, around 
mm-hmm. around around Gary all the time. So that makes complete sense that it was like alongside, like for some exciting yeah. events, like the sneaker launch and stuff like that. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. And well, so you've created really cool video content for, you know, Cody Simpson way, mm-hmm. way, way earlier. Um, way earlier. That's like, I think I was 14 when I did yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that like, was my first ever big gig. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's pretty cool. And then, then since then you've, you've worked with, you know, all heaps of incredible brands. What would you say is the first either brand that really had an impact on you that you can remember or, or the first moment that you really thought, Hey, I think I'm really good at creating video content. Like I really enjoy this. Oh, that's a very hard question. Mm. Um, brand. I mean, I know it's not a brand, but in general, the Cody stuff was the first time that I was like, right, I could really make a career out of this mm-hmm. because I was given an opportunity at such a young age, if that made sense, yeah. purely based on talent and not based on, you know, years of experience. Yeah. And I think once I created that video, like their team reached out to me wanting to use my footage and it was used. And then Jackson Harris, who was his opening act, used my footage and was like, I'm still friends with it. Like I still like have chatted with him a little bit since. Um, so I think that was the first time that I was like, right, I really love this and I could create amazing content from this mm-hmm. and make a career from it. Um, brand wise, I didn't start a, a lot of my work was, was musicians, honestly, like filming boy bands and doing behind the scenes and tour videos and all that kind of stuff. But brand wise, first brand video I created on unofficially I wasn't hired by the brand to do this I created an advert for Skittles oh whenever I was in film school no this was unofficially like Skittles did not pay me to do this right but okay I, created, I, I just created we just created it one day and mm-hmm. I loved the ad and the ad would, I put it on Facebook and people thought it was like a real Skittles ad so um that that for me was like right I can like properly do this for brands well I can try to do this for brands um yeah. So yeah, and now I work with some pretty cool ones. So. That's that's epic. And you would have like, you know, put it together and been like, hey, I've got a knack for this. You know what it was? It was the satisfaction when I pressed export on a video. That was that it. That was like the, that was it. It was that feeling that I was like, I never want this feeling to end. So and, and again and again, it's very I remember I remember you um saying something like that on your story once, and it's like all of that process towards pressing that export and you and you get like everything that you worked on and you can share it like you can yeah literally bring it to life that creation exactly yeah it's like there's there's so many steps that I think people don't see and so much work that goes into producing a project I've got a hiccup sorry perfect timing to get hiccups (laughs) there's so many different um pieces that go into the process of creating a piece of content I think the most satisfying thing is when you see it all come together in the end like I've had I've had videos where I've had breakdowns multiple times while creating them because I'm like what direction is this video going doesn't go the way you're expecting it to but when it's finished and when you press the export button or you press the upload button onto YouTube for example that satisfaction like there's no feeling like it for me apart from you know running an event and having the event come together but again it's all the steps that make the event happen yeah but it's it's the end product that you're like I did it the satisfaction is just amazing and you make some fucking cool videos like they're like they're they're legit like 
even anything you put on your story or anything you upload like within your feed for only just media summit or the brands that you work with i'm like these are on point and i've actually used them as inspiration for my my own vlogs remember how much you helped me when I was trying to put together, yeah, I remember you were putting your vlogs together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should do that again. I should. <laughs> um, no, I'm. I honestly feel like I'm just winging it most of the time when it comes to content creation. Like I'm just sort of experimenting with new things. I've bought like loads of new um, editing tools lately just to try and experiment and teach myself stuff. So I'm always learning. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Like. I found myself when I wasn't um, investing more in myself and and editing stuff, I became very stagnant. And then now that I've invested and bought new tools, I'm like learning so much more and I feel so much more inspired to create. So I think that's the biggest thing that drives me. But again, I am just winging it. Like I've no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Like there's no golden rule, is there? No. No. Like, and I think that's, um, you know, uh, people get stuck on that really quite mm-hmm. quite easily i mean how do you you know if so you've got something new say you've got a new tool and you don't know anything about it how do you get past that initial stage of this is new and i'm scared so i think for me i i don't feel the fear i think when it comes to editing a lot of the time i feel more excitement mm-hmm. like i'm always excited to test it out and i don't really think about am i going to use this tool to create something to put it online my my sort of mindset goes to I'm going to use this tool to learn and develop and create try and create something new something that I haven't done before Mm -hmm. and then if it's good I'll put it online but I just don't put the pressure on myself that I have to use this tool to create something phenomenal or I'm a failure did you understand what I mean with that yeah. Like I, I just switched the pressure. Like I, I want to use it to educate myself and become better rather than create something viral and amazing. And, and yeah, that's that a, sense. that's a fantastic first goal. Like it really takes off yeah. that whole procrastination stage as well. Of being mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe I'm not good enough or, yeah. um, you know, all these reasons that you can tell yourself to not just take that first step. So for you to be able to say like, God, I really just break it down and just say, Hey, look, if I learn something cool, I learn something cool. And most of the time, something fantastic does come out of it. That's the thing. And I, I am very careful as well of what I invest in, like financially wise into editing software, because it can be expensive mm-hmm. and they are definitely an investment. So I think for me, I always research it enough, first of all, to try and figure out, right, do I think I would be able to understand this? Do I think I'd be able to use this? Would it be of value to me in my own personal work and client work? And then it's a decision of, you know, purchasing it and then trying it out mm, mm. again. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the steps. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's, um, it's cool to hear how other people break it down in their head. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like, you know, I know I'm not alone. Like we can be our own worst enemy at times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many things on the to-do you're just not sure where to start. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, one of the main points for you is just start, even if it's tiny. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. No okay. question. Yeah, definitely. And or I guess, I guess the last question that I had, you know, behind that is what led you to being CEO of only just media summit, like going from yeah. video editing to organizing yeah. summits with international speakers. Impulse. like that's the one thing that I did start out of impulse like well it was years in the making in my head 
but then whenever I decided to go to it, I was, no, like start it, I was 19. So it was like a big thing. Like, I don't know anyone that would be crazy enough to do something like that. But I went to VidCon when I was just before my 18th. So I, I was 17 when I flew to Los Angeles. I went to VidCon and I turned 18 when I was there. And but, VidCon um, is a, like, it's an, a, a video event? Yeah, so VidCon's the biggest sort of video conference, um, online video conference. So it's like the biggest YouTube conference type thing. Right. Like, I don't know, 23,000 people or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Well, hopefully we're okay. No, that's um, okay. See how you go. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, VidCon is like the biggest YouTube conference um, in America, in the well, in the world, basically. And it brings together all of these incredible creators. And um, there's days of panels. There's a huge expo hall. Like all of the biggest brands, all of them are involved in VidCon. So it's an incredible opportunity to network. Um, but for me, whenever I was like 17, I went just because I loved YouTube and I loved vlogging, big into daily vlogging at that time. Um, but pre, prior to VidCon, I booked it in about um, November the year before. Then I, I decided to help a production company here run a YouTube event. It was called The Power of Video. So I helped out um, while at school, like helping them organize that and, and doing what I could to promote it, etc. And um, that happened. And at that event, I met Casey Neistat and networked with him, um, Sean Duras, like Ben Brown, like some amazing content creators, and then managed to hang out with them then at VidCon. And like Casey brought me to his 360, like Samsung party. So for me, VidCon was just this unbelievable experience surrounded by the most incredible, inspiring creators. The atmosphere was just nothing like I'd ever experienced before. Yeah. It didn't compare to anything we did have back in Northern Ireland. And I think especially with how the brands interacted with the creators, it just, it fostered so many amazing relationships. So for me, that experience was a huge eye opener into what Northern Ireland Belfast needed. Mm -hmm. So mm. I, um, I had like notebooks filled with ideas and I, I went back to school in September and I pitched it to my tutor and he was like, you're crazy. <laughs> so um and I remember like the my two best friends in school um at that point in in the film school I was at they were like you should do it but not now <laughs> <laughs> and you're like so, so that means now <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so I, I did sit on it I sat on it and then whenever I was 19 about to turn 20 I um was at a, a blogger event in Belfast and the blogger event the bloggers paid the PR company to attend the event and then the brands paid the PR company to sponsor the event. Right. And these bloggers who were meant to be influencers had like a thousand followers, if even. And they were promoting this content just through creating an Instagram story being like, oh my goodness, look, I got this for free. Use the code blah, blah, blah to get and all of the content was the same. It was crap. There was no creativity around it. The brands weren't getting the response. So whenever I was meeting with brands for like social media strategy sessions, they were saying, we don't want to work with influencers in Northern Ireland because mm. they're, they're not good. Mm. And it was just a case of the creativity had died. The brand and influencer relationships were dying. So I was like, right, I need to do something. Like mm. these events that are happening are making the industry worse. So I um, impulsively decided at this, at this blogger event, I just told everyone, I was like, oh, I'm going to be running an event in August um and I hadn't planned anything I hadn't found a venue like I just decided the date on the spot at this uh -huh. event and I'm running this event um connecting influencers with brands 
I'm going to have like a couple of really good speakers. Um, it's going to be in Belfast and it's going to be on 30th of August. And um, everyone was like, oh my goodness, where do I buy tickets for it? And at that point I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> actually do it now. Oh, and you're like, I've, I've done it now. I've literally, yeah. this is, this is now in the atmosphere. It's happening. Exactly. And yeah. now, and now I've got to learn everything on how to organize this. Oh my God. What was next? Um, finding a venue. Yo. So find a venue. Um, venue sp- sponsored us. Love the idea. I, well, I, put to, I had to put together like slide decks, first of all, like explaining the value of the event, why it would be something that sponsored would be interested in, for example. Um, then I brought that to the venue. Venue loved it. Um, the guy that I worked with in the venue is one of my closest friends now. Like he was phenomenal. He's ran multiple events with me since. But um, it was just, it was, do you know what? I'm so lucky that I had people believe in me. Um, because I was such a young age like I was 19 whenever I approached brands about doing this and then um, I went to New York to stay with my friend Adrian Adrian Vasquez not sure if you know of him um, he's, a brand director, he's a brand director for Ryan Serhant yes um, really really cool guy so I went to stay with Adrian and um, hang out with all my New York friends content creators and then I met a guy called Finn and Finn flew from New York to speak at the event. Then I had Calvin Hamilton, who at the time was on Team Gary, flew from New York to speak at the event. Um, and then the event just took place in August where I had all these speakers. We sold 300 tickets in two and a half weeks and um, some really cool sponsors on board as well to, to meet with the brand. So it was incredible, um, really amazing reaction from it. And I do genuinely believe it changed a lot within the, you know, the space in Northern Ireland, mm. um, the influencer marketing space. And then we did another one after that. And then, well, the, the, the other one was like a launch event for a new bar party restaurant that was opening up and we had 400, 480 or so people at that. And then the most recent event was the only, the second only just media summit. Yes. Um, and we had, 11 speakers how many were i think five were international that's where uh, babin was yeah. there right yeah so we had tyler babin cody wanner gabriel desanti um melanie murphy mike winnett we had loads of like phenomenal international speakers adrian also spoke my friend adrian yeah um and the speakers were fantastic like just people that wouldn't usually speak in northern ireland and I think showing how their brains work and how they're creative and, and create original content. And they probably the really loved that you were able to give them that platform as well. Like you said, there was such a, so. yeah, like, like there was like, there was, there was such a missing piece of the puzzle. Right. And, and for them to be yeah. so on board and to say, absolutely. Like I would love yeah. to provide value through an event like this. And then just the ripple effect, like, you know, not to mention you've got between three and 500 people at any one time at these events and mm-hmm. you know I, I've watched the videos like I've watched the the lead up and the recap videos and they're fantastic Aww. and everyone comes away with value that then yeah ripples like it's just it's crazy how powerful I think, that is yeah I think the biggest thing for me is just focusing on the experience when it comes to events yeah like what is the experience from when the person whether it's a speaker attendee or a sponsor from the moment they walk into the door of the event they have to feel like this is something special and something they haven't experienced before yeah. and they have to feel that the entire way through the day and for me it's like trying to make the experience as seamless as possible like changeovers lunchtime like all that kind of stuff and there's a lot of work that goes into those little things 
that make a huge huge difference on the day like wow. everything from like the food that people eat at lunchtime can can make such a difference like we had the most incredible local vendors that came and provided like we created almost like a street market at the event so that and it's all free food so that people can go grab what they wanted from each different place and again that's promoting the local brands as well but then it gives the attendees a different eating experience where they can eat what they want and it's like, all those little things that make such a difference because you go to these um you go to these events and these you know conferences right or these summits and they same same but different sort of thing um yeah. and especially with where you eat it's just kind of same same but going to something like that where it's just collaborative throughout the day when you're with these speakers but then it's continued to be collaborative with you know food trucks and just really like it's a young fresh vibe to it that's the thing it's just all about the experience yeah. like we created an instagram museum as well where people could just take the most instagrammable photos and we said to our brands like if you want content you have to be as instagrammable as possible and worked with them on concepts so that then we knew that the influencers that were attending the event and they were coming to get educated from the speakers, but then they could work with the brands and take photos against the stalls that the brands had created so that then the brands were getting the exposure. So it really does work full circle, but there's a lot of thought process that has to go into that in order to get it to work. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many, like I remember, um, and this is just little things, things that BTS that wouldn't have even made it onto your story, but you were up at three, 4 a.m. making, you know, um, little like gift bags, like putting, yeah. putting cookies, <laughs> putting putting cookies in bags, putting, it's like even the, the big p pieces of the puzzle that come together, let alone just mm -hmm. every little thing that needs to be ticked off as well. Um, is that something that was just self-taught? Like you literally just picked it up along the way? See, people ask me this, but I don't even think about it. Like, it's yeah. never been something that's really crossed my mind. And then, I mean, I personally don't see it as anything special that I do. It's, I think it's, it's, it's just instinct. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh my goodness, I'm amazing. Like, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's just, I'm just naturally <laughs> genius. <laughs> I'm just naturally incredible. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just genuinely something that I don't really think about. Um, like for me. I love every part of the process when it comes to organizing the event. Like I want to be there putting the things in the goodie bags. Like I worked with the brand so that they give us the products. I want to see them going into the bags and I want to see the final product before it gets to the, the, you know, the influencer, the attendee. Yeah. Like I, a girl, for example, um, Holly Berry is an incredible baker over here and she created the most incredible desserts table, first of all, so that people could have cupcakes and cookies and cake pops throughout the entire day. Mm -hmm. Like it was the most incredible buffet of desserts you've ever seen in your life. But then um, she also created 600 cookies that went into our goodie bags that were personalized that said the only just media summit on them. So for me, I was like, right, these, she's put so much effort into these. <clears throat> I want to make sure she gets the return. So I needed to ensure that they were placed carefully and presented nice in the bag so that then once the person on the end received them, there would be photos taken and content created and they would go to her when they wanted something. So I think I like being part of every bit of the process and no, pro no bit of it is too small, I think. I think a lot of people will throw those jobs away and be like, no, get someone else to do those. Like you, you need to do more important things, but I think mm. it's about balance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's a great but, trait of a leader right there. Yeah, like saying, just um, you know, having the good morales 
that you work from as well, obviously just, that just co- tends to come from a great upbringing and, you know, things that you've learned along the way. Um, but also just I'm finding more and more just fantastic traits of a leader to be able to not only bring together a event as a whole, but then also help all the little cogs work along the way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, of Honestly, course. Of course. Of course. Oh, I just love that, it. So it, it, I don't really think about it. <laughs> when, when, when's next? Have you got another summit planned at the moment? See, I wanted to do one around the same time next year, but um, it takes so much. I wanted to give myself more planning for this, for this next one so that I could get better sponsors on board and make it more profitable because it does take so much time. Like I have to stop client work. I don't earn for a couple of months when, earn it, when, when planning it. So um, my aim was to dive straight back in mm. into planning, but then obviously COVID happened and I don't know what the event scene will be like um, in a years from now. So I'm kind of just playing it, playing it by ear um, and then maybe starting to try to do more online events for now. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in that as well, where I could do some sort of monthly online event with incredible international speakers, yep. bring people together Um so I might just start doing that and then hopefully, I don't know, it could be Easter next year. I'm not entirely sure. Just maybe, depends. COVID. Like maybe the world comes out and it will be topsy-turvy, but in a different way. Um, yeah. And then the thing is as well, like I could start planning it now and say, look, it's happening in April of next year. But then the hardest thing is getting sponsors on board. Will brands want to commit to paying money to sponsor an event, an in-person event? I don't know that. So that's, that's the biggest challenge right now. Everything's changed. Yeah. Cause they're chasing, they're facing so much adversity at the moment too, and pivoting to the best that they can. And, you know, even brands like um, Ben from Gymshark, he goes, you know, we've been planning four years and it's gone down to four days, like during COVID, like it's just all day to day. So yeah, that makes, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Well, well, I'm excited for the next one. Um, and we we come speak at it. I was just about to say we've spoken about <laughs> um we've spoken about being being um at the same summit next time and um yeah. I'm not gonna put it past us. <laughs> I, I really want to do it in New York. That's the name. Yes, New York's definitely um you know, I'm going back to America next year, so let's do it. A lot of you know the audience that will be listening to this are creative minds as well. So mm-hmm. for them to be able to have that context on how you manage to put together pieces of a puzzle to create something magnificent would be like really, really helpful. Should we pay three cards of um, We're Not Really Strangers? Let's do it. I need to buy this. I see it online all the time and I'm like, I just need to get it. Oh, it's just, you know, and for everyone listening, this was similar to the first pod too. Um, We're Not Really Strangers on Instagram and obviously their website's in their bio and it's just, you know, the best card game with, uh, there's three different levels. One, two, three. One is perception. Two is connection. And three is reflection. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pick them randomly from the cards. All right. So we'll start with one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think what shall I, I pull a question and then we both answer it. So you go Mm -hmm. first, then I go. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
what was your first impression of me? I thought, um, I, I think I just looked at you and whenever we spoke and I was like, she's very like me. <laughs> yeah. I just thought you were very driven and I think we speak very similarly. Mm. And I just think we have very similar personalities and how we, um, we have been through very similar experiences. Yes. And um, I think... Which is what originally, you know, it, it was not what connected us, but it was one of the connecting points. I think it made us more open. Yeah. How we, how we chatted with each other. Mm. Um, but I think you were very ambitious, hardworking, talented. Um, I thought just your con- just conversation genuinely was incredible. I think how we, how we spoke with each other. And I think you were someone that I just was like, right, I can trust I can trust this girl Mm. and I can have genuinely good conversation with her and be very open um, and honest and authentic. So that was my, my first impression. I mean, thank you to begin with. I feel like we try to bring that into the world a little bit more just to tell people what we do appreciate that about them, you know, while Mm -hmm. we, while we're here, while we have the moment to be able to share that. Um, I mean, that's my favorite first date question. What was your first impression of me? Yeah. Or like, well, both of us will always do that. That's that's one thing that I I seem to always end up asking on on a date, for example. That's so, well, that, this leads me into my first impression of you. Extremely Mm -hmm. confident. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, I, I think the context that that came from was a, again, the grounds that we were able to connect on instantly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, um, Lucy is obviously like so comfortable within herself that she is able to be open with me pretty much from the get-go um like Mm. it it takes one to know one sort of thing so I was like okay like-minded um when I found out that you'd been following your passion since an early age of um you know you said you'd started recording videos since you were 12 and you know editing you know, from there on, and then to go into the fact that you're now the CEO of Only Just Media Summit, just the self confidence that it takes to be able to get to that point. Um, and I was just like, boss lady, sort of thing, knows what she wants and is not afraid to get it, um, and does not let herself get in the way either. So I'll pick a random question, we'll move into two now, which is uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's good. What lesson took you the longest to unlearn? Ooh. Instantly what comes to my head is self-worth, but I don't know how to dive into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, you're worth more than what some people treat you. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably, but I don't know how that, how to word it. Mm. It would be something along the lines of that. Mm. Previous experiences and how I've been treated, relationships and stuff like that. Mm. Um, that I'm not worth, I'm worth more than that. Mm. And I think it's hard to break that habit, especially even entering like a new relationship. It's hard to, yeah, stand your ground. Yeah. And walk away from from things that aren't that aren't right for you. 
and notice when you're not being treated fairly? We are extremely similar, similar in a lot of ways because that I would say that in a nutshell would be my answer too. Um, Mm -hmm. Particularly it stemmed from not only relationships growing up, but you know, the relationship that my father had with my mother as well. And for father and mom and then kind of made you wonder you know what you were worth as a female exactly yeah Yeah. Mm. and I think I had a my first big relationship was I was treated horrifically like my Mm -hmm. first everything um so that like you know from my first relationship being that bad like as in me being treated so badly in that first romantic relationship um it made me feel like that was normal Mm. I think for a lot of relationships after that and it was only until I met a really good guy who was genuinely amazing who Mm. then I started to realize that that, like how I was treated previously isn't normal Mm. and there's it's not that there's something wrong with me um at all I was just picking that I think the wrong the wrong men yeah and um I think then whenever I I started to build up my self-worth and I think I have a lot of self-worth career-wise and and that kind of wise but then when it comes to relationships it breaks yeah. down I think mm. so it, it's taken me a long while to build myself up again from that first relationship and yeah. now I'm at a place where like I understand and mm. I think I've rebuilt myself pretty well yeah but see I, I completely relate to that as well I feel like our business has been an outlet and that's why we're mm-hmm. so good at applying ourselves in it because yeah. exactly right. We can very much carry our self-worth in the business world. But then when it comes to personal relationships with men in particular, mm-hmm. um, just unlearning those, that framework that we were built up on that, you know, stemmed from our fathers and we carried from, and, you know, not, not blaming them because they obviously, you know, did the best that they could at the time, but, carrying it through us and saying, okay, well, maybe that is how I deserve to be treated. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of things, experiences that I've, that I've had that I just wouldn't accept anymore at yeah. all, even with the person that you and I have both experienced. Yes. Yeah. And just the way that we, you know, yeah, can carry ourselves as such strong, independent women um, and that change behind closed doors and kind of, made me realize Mm -hmm. oh gosh maybe I do need to work on you know how strong I really am outside of you know business Natalie um Uh, absolutely it was a huge awakening for me yeah like this was something that I um I talk through with my therapist I mean gosh we can we can go down the road of how I've managed to unlearn all of my framework that I learned growing up um from you know my my first a uh, long distance boyfriend of two years that completely broke my heart. Um, mm-hmm. And I just didn't have the mental capacity or the framework to be able to build myself up back from that. Um, and that's where the whole journey started of, you know, seeing a psychologist for the next two years, going through all these therapy sessions of EMDR, like to change all these um traumatic memories that I'd had and mm-hmm. we'd work we'd work through all of this and then I kept coming back to Paul and saying Paul so I've gotten in a relationship with another guy or we hadn't even made it to the relationship stage but yeah. he's full of red flags 
and I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm attracted to him again. On the first date that we had, he let me know that he wasn't interested in anything serious. And I said, perfect. Like, this is like a prize for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, we brought it back to knowing that it was going to fall apart in the future was a comfort thing because at least I could predict what was going to happen and at least I yeah. could control it. Oh. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, it came back to, you know, no thinking that I wasn't worthy of receiving any type of true love. So at least if it's doomed from the start, I've had that through all of my relationships growing up and mm. I can self-sabotage again at any point. And at least I know how it's going to feel. And yeah. we really worked, we'd work past, you know, taking, taking apart the framework, the toxic framework um, so I was able to deal with the situations, but then we work through, okay, you need to stop being attracted to emotionally unavailable men. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of us go through that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was uh, the start of last year was when I think I had an awakening when I met someone really nice and I'll, that ended, but we're still friends. Like we literally were messaging this morning, which is mm. friendly. Um, and I think since that relationship, it made me, it opened me to how I can be treated nicely and like what, what respect is and that that actually exists. To put it simply, attracting what you put out has just been massive. And I know that sounds, you know, cliche almost, mm-hmm. but literally when you even look into the quantum physics of it, if you want to look down to the science. Oh, just, I'm a big believer in it. Yeah. Yeah, like thinking that we're all just matter made up of energy. And mm-hmm. um, I now look at it, you know, well, if something, if someone's in my circle, I'm not happy about it. I've attracted them at one point or another. So yeah. that's definitely something in myself that I need to look at. And working on that over the space of, I'd say, maybe three years now, mm-hmm. um, I can confidently say that I'm like, you know, super happy with who's in my circle. Like, you know, you, for example, um yeah I feel the same way yeah and even even men as well Mm -hmm. I think as well it's forgiving yourself in the past yeah for for not loving yourself do you Mm. you understand what I mean like not having that self-worth to walk away from something that was emotionally abusive Mm -hmm. um not I mean the person that we were with I wouldn't say it was emotionally abusive I think Mm -hmm. it was manipulative yeah. And um, again, just I feel like during that period, although I was successing, su- like succeeding fast in business, I was putting all of my, I was distracting my, myself from my emotions by putting myself into business. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think my self worth was hugely damaged during that period, hugely. Yeah. And confidence as well. Confidence was beaten massively and I think it's taken me like I'm I'm still bringing the walls back up again like confidence wall like cousin and I think as I'm very very confident in business but not as confident in relationships and it is something that I'm just trying to learn every day um and I do feel like I'm getting better but I've given people too many chances in the past and I just I never want to burn bridges like I always want to stay friendly and don't want to make any enemies mm. um and that's that's something I'm trying to learn 
um, that not everyone deserves Mm. your attention and not everyone deserves another chance yeah and it's also not your fault that you were treated that way or that they didn't want you or that they cheated on you or were seeing multiple people at the same time yeah it's not it's not your fault you you weren't the reason Mm. it was their their fault their problem yeah um it's not that you were doing anything to make them and like being able to forgive yourself for yeah exactly exactly right you know being cheated on being manipulated being taken advantage of at the Mm -hmm. time you only know what you know um yeah And I think, you know, being able to have that growth mindset coming out of it of saying, I know I don't want to be in this situation again. So I'm going to put effort towards whether that's seeing a therapist or listening to, you know, neurology, neuroscience podcasts on how, Mm -hmm. how this affects the brain and how you can grow past it and pick up on those triggers. So it never happens again. And then hopefully like we are, you're able to ripple that value to other people that might be experiencing the same thing and say hey look you know I know how you feel and this is what helped me in that Mm -hmm. situation I mean 100% I think the worst thing you can do is to isolate yourself yeah and to just sit in that uncomfortable like I I did for a little bit where I sat in this uncomfortable feeling of feeling dirty and yeah not not worthy and you know I had very 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 little self-love and I think whenever I started to journal for example and put my thoughts on paper I started to understand them more then I would I started speaking to people more then whenever you and I spoke I was like right someone else has experienced exactly what I experienced yeah Um, we both you know connected through that and I think whenever I started researching it and I listened to podcast videos and I started hearing the other experiences that people had it made me feel not so alone and it made me feel less like, right, it's not me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm. there's nothing about me that is, like, yeah. repellent or, yeah. you know, awful that that, mm. this, that I'm not worthy. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I think that that was a big turning point of as soon yeah. as I stop, as soon as I, I never want to feel like, well, what's wrong with me that they didn't want me? Mm. And it still creeps in yeah. every so often whenever of course course. you know it definitely does but it's getting Mm. better and I think it's you know having the power to be and that's where I find it it does take time to build yourself up after a heartbreak or after a rejection and jumping from person to person never allows that growth within yourself to have that understanding of, okay, I can literally see your reason for doing this action to yourself, doing this action to me, repeating these traits. And I know the psychology behind it enough to understand that it has nothing to do with me. Like, and, and then able, being able to leave that person in peace and saying, look, I wish you nothing but the best. Um, I just don't want to have you in my aura anymore. Exactly. And I think, you know, when, you know, people do jump as, you know, because it's a, it's a sense of comfort, um, mm-hmm. jumping from one person to the another, it is a sense, it is avoidance of being able to ask yourself 100%. those hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, and, you know, having the ability 
to there's this saying it says when you like a flower you pluck it but when you love a flower you water it daily yeah and I think that's really nice to be able to cross paths with people and if it turns into love it turns into love but yeah you're also able to appreciate them for the person that they are. And if they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. match your wavelength or your energy, you wish them all the best and keep moving forward. And if they do, you say, Hey, look, like, um, I just really appreciate you as a person. Maybe we can mutually grow next to each other. Exactly. Exactly. And it's still working on breaking old habits. You know, it's, it's, it's it's an ongoing process. It's not as if you just wake up one day and you're like, right, Mm. that's it. But that's it. I like, I know all the answers to this dating world and I can apply them now. And, you know, we're we're all going to be happy. It's there's, and to, to put, so to put context and I think we, you know, we'll move on to um, next question in a sec, because I think this Mm -hmm. one just both correlated with both of us quite a lot of what have we, um, what have we been trying to unlearn from our, Mm -hmm. from our beginning. But um, I've, haven't studied neuroscience this is purely just from stuff that I've learned from my therapist and through pods but there's actually in regards to you know a growth mindset past this you know how we said um, I'm not there yet but I'm working on it and that's mm-hmm. and that's a growth mindset within itself when you start controlling your own internal dopamine hits as well like there's mm-hmm. this there's this little part in the brain of cells called the gaze, the basal ganglia. And then within that, there's these two little walnuts and they're called the nuclear accumbens and they actually control our dopamine, you know, hits in our brain. And mm. that can, that can go anything from, you know, things that make you feel good. So whether that be sex, drugs, alcohol, skydiving, you get that hit after it, you feel good and you're more than likely to repeat that action. Mm-hmm. But it can work the same with giving us our own internal dopamine hits along the pursuit of getting to that overarching goal. So I yeah. feel like as long as we're going, look, I'm not there yet, but I made this, you know, step towards working towards how I want to be in a relationship and then mm-hmm. making sure that we stop and reward ourselves for that is super important as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and choosing to move forward in fear rather than just, you know, freezing or running and hiding, which is also rewarded in in our internal reward system as well. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Yeah. But that's that's um it's the whole there's a whole neuroscience behind it as well, which is quite interesting, I find. Shall we go into the third question and then, you know, and Let's then and then wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. We just, I just feel like we, um, you know, we go and we go on tangents because I feel like it may also be value providing to people, to the audience that are listening as well, just getting a different 100%. perspective on things. Um, I think I knew, I knew our podcast, like us podcasting together was going to be in depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, because of how we talk to each other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we agreed that this, well, this podcast is literally no fucking idea. Like we're just talking Mm -hmm. about what we don't know yet and what we're still trying to figure out. So. I love it. Yeah. It was, I pulled out a level three before. Oh, this was it. It was a wild card. So level three is Mm -hmm. reflection. And this one is admit something. Oh, admit something. Do you want to go first? Because I'm trying to think of something. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit. It's a hard one. 
Cause I did, I literally just will going through it before and I pulled that one out by accident and I said, Ooh, and I put that aside, but I didn't think about it. Okay. It's a very hard one. You I'm, can think of you go for one because I can't. Is it, I'm, I don't mean to make this cliche, but mm-hmm. if I'm going to admit something that I am terrified of more than moths and seaweed, mm-hmm. which are my two only, only things that I'm scared of is just getting my heart broken. Yeah. Like I, I will admit that I am terrified of getting my heart broken again. And I think it's just because I haven't had a heartbreak like that since my ex from five years ago, my long distance. And just that deep hole that I was in, mm-hmm. like, um, for such a long time. Um, I feel like I've got tools now that it would never get to that point again, but I've never even gotten close to, yeah. to being heartbroken again. And I'm terrified of it. I think that's why I may be good at applying myself in so many other areas. Yeah. I don't even let myself get to think of that part because I think my what I would admit is I'm terrified of falling for someone so much that I lose myself in them where I start to lose pieces of my identity and my goals um and I think I have a very 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 ambitious goal which is hard to achieve and I need to take very specific steps to achieve that goal Mm. and I don't want to get distracted by falling hugely deeply completely in love with someone Mm. to the point where they become more important than my goal like that's what terrifies me more than anything but it's it's also so difficult because I do want that feeling of being completely in love with someone Mm. and I do want that connection yeah and I have met probably two people in previous previously that I could that I could feel myself where I could be like right there's a potential for me to feel that way about this person Mm. and it's probably the scariest scary scariest right yeah. yeah it's um you know it's sacrifice mm-hmm. and and it is it's you know our days are we're pulled in so many different directions so mm-hmm. adding hours to the day that goes to giving someone else attention is it almost it slows the process down yeah and I think for me like if it's if there is a person I'm definitely willing to sacrifice some things but my only worry is that they're not the right person yeah so I think that's that's my biggest fear is like I don't want to invest myself and give so much of myself and my time and slow down the process of building a career and building Mm -hmm. success for myself and for my future family um by by meeting someone who isn't the right person mm. because and you know how far that will put you back exactly and even emotionally yeah like because I have met the wrong men in the past that have as we've spoken about damaged self-worth yeah. and that takes a lot of mental space to build back up and it, it does yeah it just it I think it makes me it made me less less productive and more in my own thoughts and more self-conscious and more less self-aware 
I think even though I was thinking constantly about myself and how I was feeling, mm-hmm. I was less self-aware in terms of what I wanted and my goals. And I became a bit disorientated afterwards. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want to get to that point. Like I want, I definitely want to fall deeply in love with someone. Mm-hmm. I want that deep connection. I want to have that person. I want to rock. But yeah. at the same time, I want to make sure they're the right person. And I don't want that with, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a learning curve. I mean, I'm, I probably will have it with the wrong person, but again, I will learn so much from that. Mm-hmm. But the thought just that that's probably what yeah. terrifies me. Yeah. And it's like, you summed it up. Um, and you come back to that, you know, in business, when do we ever strike out because we're scared of playing the game? Do you know what I mean? Almost never yes. where we're like, yep, well, I'm not afraid to fail. And if I do, I'll just get straight back up again. Cause I know I'm capable of that. Bring emotions into it. Not so confident um, in that area. So, but the only way you get better is through practice, of course. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I, me personally, it's an avoidance thing at the moment. Yeah. It's something where, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I have actually had to speak to some of my close guy friends about it and say, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm selfish. And they said, you're not, you're not selfish. You're just driven. Yeah. And I think I battled with that for so long and I still get moments where I'm like, am I just so selfish that Mm -hmm. I don't want to give my time, but I'm not, I think I'm being calculated and I'm trying to be smart. Yes. Where I'm like, look, if you want to achieve extraordinary things, you have to do the unordinary. Yes. And I think for me, it's like I need to remain focused and I need to have goals and I need to work towards those goals. And I have previously gotten so caught up in a relationship where I've been like, I wanted to sacrifice some of the goals in terms of like, example, moving to New York. I met a guy over here who I totally fell for. To the point where I was like I don't want to move to New York anymore mm. he's older than me he's a good bit older than me so I was like right he's gonna to want to have kids soon so am I gonna have kids soon I want to have kids soon because that's what he will want mm. so it got to the point where I was I was considering all these things in my head of like almost trying to please that other person yes to make the relationship better yes so then I would give you know my goals up again to accommodate that that person and the relationship when I would much rather I think the way I thought about it was like right if I was to have kids in two years time and he's out working and I'm at home in the middle of the night taking care of a child and thinking I could have been living in America right now and doing all of these creative things would I have regrets and the answer was yes and that for me was what ended the relationship was and that is selfish I understand that but at the same time I would much rather work towards my goals achieve the things I want to achieve and then find someone Mm. do you understand what I mean and find someone in the right place and the right position so that Mm. I don't have regrets and and resentment resentment is real as as, Mm -hmm. is is real as well um you know and to be in a position where we both discussed about how we're not quite at the point to be able to say no to a Mm -hmm. significant other yet and say no this is important to me and I'm not going to do that where we find ourselves get quite, you know, attached and swept up in them. 
and we it's almost like we know that it's happening but you're kind of in this rip and you you know that you know your old self would say no are you fucking kidding <laughs> but you yeah. you get caught up and you say well yeah okay and it just changes your trajectory yeah and i think we were talking as well i think yesterday or a couple of days ago about value exchange yeah like i feel like i give so much more to all of my relationships right now than I often receive back yes and it's not as if I'm giving it in order to receive back no I do it I do it subconsciously and then I realize later Mm. so yeah it's really yeah I was just gonna say that's another great point I want to be I don't always want to be the teacher like I want to be the learner as well and I want to want to come across someone that's able to add value to my life and make me question things and challenge things in a constructive, healthy way. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, I feel like we're both a very powerful personality. I want someone who's able to call me on my bullshit as well at the same time, but I'm able to look back and say, you inspire me. Mm. Yeah. So it's until we find that, I would say that I will admit that I'm, I'm scared of getting my heart broken by the wrong, by the wrong one. I'm scared of, I will admit that I'm scared of falling for the wrong person and giving up, losing a bit of myself and giving up some of my goals in order to please that person and foster a relationship that ultimately won't work. Yeah. God, that was, um, admit, yeah, admit something. Okay. These questions are incredible. <laughs> yeah, they're good, yeah? They're, yeah. They really make you think. I mean, well, that's – so we finished the game. I think that was a really good question to finish on. Um, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, what's the, what's the time? We've been, going for, we've been going for quite a while now. Look, we'll keep this really quick and literally, you know, just answer these questions. These are just the outro questions. Answer mm-hmm. in one word or one sentence. Hit me with it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So one word or one sentence, if you have to. Okay. What have you recently started doing in your life that has brought you peace? Um, journaling more. Mm, Yeah. I've journaled my entire life, but I've taken breaks and I've started back again every day. And that's Mm, major. Kind of meditative. hundred percent. Okay. Next one. What are you not okay with? Mm. Oh, this is a hard one. Negative self-talk. But that seems like a very cheesy answer based on everything we've talked about. Um, I think I'm not okay with being disrespected by men, like people I've been in relationships with. And I won't accept um I won't accept to be treated unfairly in future. Yes. I think because of our past, that's very much drummed it in. And hundred percent. And again, it's just because we've been through very, very, very similar experiences um, yes. that I think we both very much related to that. Yes. And it's good that, you know, we went through it quite early. We were able to learn from it at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what's your greatest accomplishment to date? Um, I think creating the Only Just Media Summit. Yeah. Um, the satisfaction of whenever all of that was finished and seeing 
people be educated and entertained and having it all come together definitely that what is your favorite trait about yourself Hmm. determination I think whenever things aren't necessarily going right I'll still keep going and pushing and pushing things have I think particularly been hard the past couple of months with COVID um obviously I run the summit and I don't earn anything while running it and the point of running it is first of all obviously to give the people the experience that Mm -hmm. attend and I love it for that um on its own and and that is enough but then whenever you're trying to run a business and you have bills to pay um I need to make something from it and the event itself doesn't make much profit it's usually the aftermath when you're onboarding clients but we were hit with COVID and lockdown straight after the event so there was no onboarding during that time so for me it was a huge struggle um trying to build up clients again but I was determined to do that in order to make business succeed and there's definitely been days where I've been like crying and just thinking like why am I doing this I could just have a job and live a very comfortable life but I don't want that when I really think about it I'm like that's the opposite of what I want like it's not what I was born for Mm. that won't won't serve you like the way that your mind works exactly and I've like I've experienced it before um where I've taken a job thinking this is going to be the best thing ever and it's it's just not Mm. um so I think determination definitely my favorite thing because you know I just have to keep going and push forward and overcome the obstacles and yeah keep riding the wave as best I can I guess that leads me into my next question what is your least favorite trait about yourself um something to do with sleeping I'm really bad at sleeping Mm. Um, it interrupts me a lot where I either can't get to sleep or whenever I get get to wake up like I've been trying I've always been a night owl and I've been really trying over the past couple months to move to a morning person but see whenever I get up in the morning I find it so so difficult and I feel really sick early in the morning Mm. so I I my I don't know if that's a trait though that's a habit do you know what I mean? That's a habit where I've always been, well, I've struggled really bad to sleep and then struggled really hard waking up. Like it's just, but that's, that's a habit. So that doesn't count. Trait. Um, is it putting my eggs in one basket when it comes to men sometimes? Yeah. Like I was thinking. But again, is that thing. a habit? right it's just well yeah there's no there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong and you know both Mm -hmm. both are equally as frustrating yeah (laughs) both both have a derogatory effect on the day yeah i would say putting my eggs into one basket when it comes to men yeah wasting time yeah that sounds awful but no it's true it's it's, it sounds it sounds you've, you've got candle i appreciate your candle what I say to like anyone that is listening to this, imagine you're having this conversation with your best friend, like you're, you're listening to conversations with your best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps people be a lot less judgmental, I think. Yeah. Um, when they listen to conversations of people that they don't necessarily know, for example, yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. Imagine you. your friends are having this conversation. Mm, thank you for putting that context behind it because that is really what we wanted to come into this conversation to do to just be raw and just whatever yeah. comes to our head without a filter 100 yeah. percent. Mm. 
because I think is... that's what makes it the most authentic. Okay, next next question. So we've only got a few mm-hmm. more. Um, yeah. How do you deal with regret? Still learning. I think realizing that there's nothing I can do to change it, and the more time I spend dwelling on it, the more time I'm not getting over it. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Could, the could more I... time I'm wasting. Could I quote Gary here and say, looking back, fucks with your neck? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I obviously used to listen to Gary a lot when I was going through my whole therapy stage because of how mm-hmm. stubborn I was. He just really helped me get out of myself. But that's one of the things that I, that I still took from it. Looking back, fucks with your neck. Yeah. Do you follow him as actively now? No, I don't. Um, I guess I did exactly what he wanted me to do was stop listening to him. Um, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. It's, you know, even he says himself, look, I get repetitive after a while because I'm just saying the same shit, like just Mm -hmm. like go out and apply it. Um, so I went out and applied it and like, I'm like a sponge, obviously I'm always learning off people that are smarter than me. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't consume Gary's content anymore i think after i met him in melbourne um i think that that was it that was kind Mm -hmm. of i kind of i kind of capped that was a goal i kind of capped that goal sort of thing yeah Yeah. my my, i think i probably like last year sort of stopped listening started last year not stopped but like i would rarely listen and then i went to an event that he was at in birmingham last year Mm -hmm. the end of last year like november and after that i was like yeah I don't think I need this anymore. Yeah. Still no. massive respect, obviously. Ugh, just um, utmost respect. But. Yeah. I'd I'd say, you know, next to next to um my therapist and Gary, like without sounding cheesy here, they saved my life. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like I was really at a stage where I was trying to decide would the world be better if I wasn't here or was here? And yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Gary's pods joined with my therapist really helped me through that. So yeah. Huge respect. The same as you. 100%. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> so are you. Um okay. What has your biggest fuck up been so far? Mm. Business okay, or personal? Into, this comes into regret though as well where I learned a lot from anything, like any sort of fuck up. I think I'm going to go personal. And I don't know how to talk about this. Um, the first guy that I was... The first sort of real experience I had on my first everything was this one guy. And I... It's really hard to talk about. Yeah. I gave so much on myself that I lost myself. Yeah. And it was totally, totally manipulated. Yeah. I was treated horrifically. Yeah. Um and um It's so hard to talk it's, about. It's still hard to I'm, talk about. It's it's still hard to talk about. And I I don't know if it'll ever yeah. get to the point where it's easy. I mean, I was talking to one of my closest friends, the guy I'm running a business with. He actually knows the guy. 
Mm. And um, I feel like I have a lot of trauma from that because I was treated so badly, but I was so fearful of like, this is all I'm ever going to have. Yeah. And I think I was so in love with the idea of the fairy tale of what it could be. Yeah. Like my first everything was my only everything. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because I have a friend that that was her situation and she's still there. And I think, I think I let him walk all over me. I really, really did. Like I was dirt on his shoe. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was what I was worth at the yeah. time. And that, that's what, that, that's what I was meant to be treated like. That's what a relationship was like. Yep. Um, and that still affects me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it, I, I, I hope that I can get over it mm. soon. I do feel like I am always making moves to getting over it, mm. but it's always going to be there in the back of my mind that, my first everything was so horrible and it's so damaging and I think all I've carried it with me in every relationship I've had since Mm. where I just try to please and I think I've got the stage where yes I do want to please my my partner and I want to them to be happy to be with me but I can do that by just being myself I don't have to be someone else and I don't have to act a certain way to please that person or do something that I don't want to do just yeah. because they want it. I feel like I've learned so much since then. Mm. That would probably be the one thing that I wish didn't happen. I've learned so much from it. Yep. But I do wish it didn't happen. <sighs> it was so horrific that you... It was, yeah. Yeah. A, something that's very, very hard to talk about still. Yeah. But I think a lot of women have experienced a similar thing. A lot of men have experienced it too. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to put this as one gender and say all men are horrible. They're not. Like I have some incredible men in my life who I'm very, very close with, but romantically that first relationship. (sighs) That was such a poignant point for you. Like obviously, Mm -hmm. and you know, from the stages of birth to 25, our neuroplasticity is just a sponge. And, you know, it's, it's great that we're so open to experiences, but the thing is, is we don't necessarily have complete control over what goes into our brains because we are still learning. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, um, going through the processes of trying to control that neuroplasticity again to, you know. So I think it's just about like taking that power back Mm. and understanding that I allowed that to happen. And it's yeah. up to me in the future whether I allow that to happen or not. Yes. And I and just not. <laughs> yes. And that's, it's still, I can honestly say, you know, I'm still, I'm still working on it. And sometimes yeah. I, I avoid it because, because mm-hmm. I know I'm still working on it. Yeah. I do feel like that sometimes too. Yeah. Well, thank you for opening up I've, and being so honest about it. I think it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It's a really good mm-hmm. thing. Um, I sometimes say that a problem spoken about is a problem halved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's something that you'll take away from this podcast today? The power of connection. I think you and I have a very, very unique connection and, um, 
the power of being open with the right person. I feel great right now. Yeah. I feel very strong. Yes. Um, and I think that's due to our relationship. Mm. So that's what I'm taking away from it is the strength of our relationship and how we get to speak with each other and how open we are with each other yes. and how there's no shame because, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And maybe that's that maybe that's a great tool that, you know, ourselves and others can use, you know, mm-hmm. if they're scared of, you know, um being able to stand up for themselves in the future, doing things for themselves that make them feel empowered, such as sharing deep connections with other people. Yeah. And I think I um I I don't open up about relationships on my social media. I never have. I've never posted like photos or done, you know, done a lot of stuff. I've only really done it recently, but, um, but my, one of my favorite things to consume content wise, podcasts, videos, et cetera, is like relationships or, you know, love languages, all that kind of stuff. My friend, Melanie, Melanie Murphy is very open about sex and relationships on her YouTube channel. And that inspires me so much where I'm like, look, that is the content I enjoy watching and consuming the most. It's what I relate to. Obviously, I love the business stuff, but I think they're very separate. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the relationship stuff, I love consuming so much. Mm. So I want to be able to talk about it. I should not feel ashamed or I should not want to hide my emotions. I think talking about it is incredible. And if, yeah. I, can reach, if I can reach and impact one person from it, then mm. it's worth it. Yeah, that's exactly right, Lucy. And please, please keep going. Please don't stop. Like we'll always be here to, you know, tell each other to keep going as well. Um, But just having that movement for, yeah, of course, just that movement for, you know, women and men of the like, Mm -hmm. we both face different things as we grow up. Um, So we're all human. We all have these thoughts. I think it's nice to be able to bring them to the surface. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then last question is, is there anything that I should have asked today that I didn't? I don't think so. I think we covered it. I do think we'll do more podcasts in the future. I have no doubt. I think we, this is, yeah. No question has been my favorite podcast I've ever done. Uh, thank you to, you know, not only, you know, our audience, if you've made it this far through the pod, but to, to you, Lucy, for finally... We finally got here, taking our time out to connect. It was just really cool to be able to take it out of, you know, DMs and voice messages and put it on a pod and a video. This was was fantastic. Yeah, 100%. I'm so grateful we did this. And I think you're, you're one of the most incredible people I know. And I'm really grateful to have connected with you through the most random circumstances. Um but how we how we met and built it built a connection and a relationship is incredible yeah it is where we are now yeah thank you lucy and the feelings mutual well um thank you uh and uh thank you to everyone who listened in today um we will see you on the next episode of no fucking idea podcast ciao